0: to unfortunately required reading uh i am back from being on a different fucking continent and we have a special guest in our midst tori would you like to take us away for the rest of the intro welcome
1: to baron von cheese plate this is unfortunately required required reading i can talk i swear to god Uh, we are reading neuromancer this week and so we have
0: our special guest and i'm so excited say hello
2: (laughs) hello this is your third time on the show? See. I can count. Uh, yeah. I, can, I can remember things.
0: I can count. Uh, for those of you that this is your first time listening, uh, Jason, also known as Baron Von Cheeseplate, has been our longest running patron on the show. Which means that if you also throw money at us like we're a couple of shameless whores, you may also receive special perks like this. Jason is also my friend of over a decade. Uh and Nearing listen to I feel like that's more of like the lead into why Jason is on the show I that's want the- money Victoria <laughs> <laughs> You want to be a whore? I want to be a whore. <laughs> In the words of Tyron Landis, I want to be a whore.
2: And, and ev- every week it's like not yet a sponsor but talk to us.
0: Yeah. yeah, not yet a sponsor but DMs are fully open. Also, yeah, my friend of nearly 2 decades which you did not have to say. Uh, you did not have to say nearing two decades
2: we were Uh, internet weebs before internet weebs were even a word
0: we were and before anyone knew what the word problematic meant or grooming
2: yeah let's
0: (laughs) which is a deep cut
2: (laughs) i'm glad i got out of those dark dirty years without any of that associated with me so let's but let's talk about a dark and dirty book
0: yeah, let's talk about a real dark and dirty, grimy book that I got to read on the most ass backwards flight from Detroit to Tokyo. <laughs> yeah. hey, it could Why be worse. I just feel like Neuromancer. Detroit to Tokyo.
2: So, so what? What year was this? Nineteen eighty-two.
0: I guess.
2: Was RoboCop on the plane?
0: Okay, but there was a really cool train above like the rest of the gates at the Detroit uh, metropolitan airport that did very much feel like some kind of weird cyberpunk thing and like the child I was like train (laughs) just rolling along uh so yeah I got to fly from Detroit to Tokyo where we cut through Canada through most of Alaska and then over the Pacific Ocean because we can't get too close to Russia uh, I was just going wait why are we going nope that makes sense that tracks yeah get too close to rush
2: <laughs> well, also Coriolis effect but yeah
0: the excuse me the what the who <clears throat> as the Baron downs gin and prepares to educate right excuse me what
2: the Coriolis effect
0: <laughs> okay explain um so you know,
2: <clears throat> um basically it's the world is spinning under you while you're in a plane because you have less wind resistance and your relative velocity compared to the Earth's velocity. So you actually have to make arcs to fly places. It's You can't do straight oh. line bullshit because it's all relative velocities and bullshit like that.
0: Well, okay. Yeah. Okay. So, like,
2: if you look at actual flight paths, like... Even flying from like Houston to San Antonio, like you would uh-huh. think that that would be a short flight. No, they've got to go up almost near like Dallas to come down to hit because of just how weird effects are.
0: Yeah, I'm not. I'm not smart like Jason is. If you ever want to see me at my dumbest, it's shit like this. Because yeah, I I was just looking at that flight path, feeling like, why the fuck are we deep fucking Canada? This is not where Japan is.
2: That's why.
0: Okay, the problem is cool. I go to
1: TikTok mode and it's like, why am I in Canada? I hate Canada.
0: I mean, Canada, from what I could tell, was lovely. Also, on my flight from San Antonio to Dallas Fort Worth, uh, we were super delayed about four or five hours, and my Ooh. flight said, my pilot said, "I'm going to punch it," which and he literally said, "Flight attendants, getting your seats, buckle up. I'm going to punch it," which is essentially the dad equivalent of. We're not stopping to go to the restroom on the road trip, and I'm going 90. But in a plane. If the cops stop us, you were asleep the whole time. Exactly. But we're going to talk about the book because Baron Von Cheeseplate is literally here to stare at me when I go on sidebars. So, what are we eating Uh, and drinking? I like
2: like how I'm always accused of that, but yet some of your tangents are some of y'all's best work because it's still adjacent to the book.
0: It's adjacent to the book.
2: <laughs> Puns, they exist. Oh, my.
0: I was proud of that. I was really proud
2: of that. It's not like <laughs> I haven't <laughs> heard it before, like, a thousand times.
0: It Listen, I've had
2: a rough very, week.
1: I've I know. have been getting the story secret since I was five, so I understand.
0: <laughs> I've been having a rough week. Uh, the creative but you,
2: title, but, but you did get to you did get to hear a uh, or see a owl named Arson Lupin, which
0: I did get to see an owl named Lupin, which is the greatest thing I've ever seen in my life. And we, Tori and I were just talking about Mr. President, who was the angriest owl I've ever seen. <laughs> you were you were allowed to give an owl sidebar in this episode.
2: Multiple owl sidebars.
0: Listen, there's a lot of owl sidebars. Uh, the creative title we have running for this is Victoria. So you're saying I can dodge. All right.
1: I, How many of you have, like, obsessively seen The Matrix? Raise your hands. We can't
0: see it. Uh, we can. Well, okay. I've obsessively seen The Second Matrix because I love the Merovingian. Because, of course, I do.
1: You would.
0: Shut up. <laughs> my brain is just like, she was not kissing your mouth, my love. Like, that's... Yeah. Like, Great <laughs> the Mero- because Merovingian was a character who was made for me,
1: and I love him. <laughs> Are you sure that you're not in love with the character in this? I Why is my brain liking the one who's very, very old and obsessed with fashion?
0: Possibly. Oh, possibly. <laughs> uh, eating and drinking. We all have waters because we're decrepit. Uh- <laughs> But there are varying levels of alcohol. I have an Irish coffee with rye whiskey because I ran out of everything else while I was packing feverishly to go out of the country. Uh, Jason, you mentioned something about gin and a cup.
2: Yeah, so I decided to make myself a simple Gibson, a nod to the author, which it actually is named after. Go fucking figure. And uh, But it's not made with Gibson. It's made with the finest Hendrix, Hendrix Neptunia. Not yet a sponsor, should be because Hendrix Gin is the best gin.
0: Yeah. Hendrix Gin, please sponsor. Uh, Tori, you mentioned a vodka tonic. I'm drinking a vodka tonic because I was like, I could make a vodka
1: martini. And then I'm
0: like, no. <laughs> ah, which is how every vodka martini should go. It's like, I could make a vodka martini. Eh. I'm just going to drink great right. vodka and we all hope for the best, right? Shall we, short story long? <laughs>
1: Or, long story. No, I'm just kidding. Or, I was getting ready to say, or, long story long. Okay. So, Henry Dorsett Case, we just call him Case like this entire time, but I like the mm-hmm. fact that he has a full name, yes. is a middleman for smugglers and drug dealers in Chibo, which I assume is part of Japan because they keep talking about it being in Japan. He was once a console cowboy, which basically means he would like log into the system called the Matrix to help his bosses steal a bunch of money. Mm-hmm. But he screwed up, and he uh, stole from them, and so they destroyed his entire nervous system so he can no longer go back in with a Russian neurotoxin, which I thought was fantastic. So <laughs> he can't get back into the Matrix. He no longer has that option to do as a job. He goes to Japan to Chiba to try and find a cure, but mm-hmm. he uh, kind of runs out of money. And so now he lives on the very edges of society in Night City, sleeping in a hotel that's only known as the cheap hotel because that's the only part of the sign you can actually see. He uh, sleeps and stores his stuff in what's called a coffin, which really disturbing feels very film noir. I'm here for it. Mm -hmm. Um, He's addicted to drugs, basically speed because he talks about Dexedrine and he is in heavy debt to someone who could very easily have him killed. He's just like, why? (laughs) Um, At the start of the book, he runs into his ex-girlfriend, Linda Lee, who tips him off that someone is actually, in fact, trying to kill him. And during their brief relationship, he is the reason that she got addicted to drugs. He loves her still and gives her what he has left of his money, which is like 50 bucks. And mm-hmm. then he goes back to his coffin where he's keeping all his stuff that he traffics. And he finds out that Linda has stolen important data he was hoping to sell to pay off his debts. So then he runs into somebody else named Molly. Now, he's in a position where he kind of needs to listen, and Case talks to Molly, who is known as a razor girl. Um, She's been after him for some time. She's well-versed in weaponry, super badass, and works for somebody who they assume is a former military man named Armitage. That becomes important later. Mm -hmm. Armitage is putting together a team for a series of heists. He promises to restore Case's nervous system so he can jack into the Matrix again, which sounds really funny. Um, Thanks bender from Futurama um he signs up to escape his cycle of destruction he's like okay I'm gonna get in this it's gonna be great I'm gonna like go in and I'm gonna be able to like embrace the matrix again everything's fine (laughs) they end up going to one of the funny things though is that they when they're restoring him they do put in this like filtration system for the liver that really makes alcohol and drugs not work for him anymore Oh, just like kind of forced rehabilitation um they go to an area called the Sprawl, also known as, thank you, the Boston Atlanta metro area. I like that it's Bama, anyway, for their first mission, which they get to construct, named Dixie Flatline, from a library of corporation, or library of a corporation, there you go, called SenseNet. I like that there are notes in here, thank you. Uh, Case <laughs> creates a virus to build, which unfortunately is known as the China virus. Didn't make that up. That's in the book. To break through the defenses, and Molly is clearly the muscle. She breaks into the building to physically steal the construct. Go team! Uh, they go to Istanbul and recruit a guy named Peter Rivera. Peter is a psycho who uses implants that help him create holographic hallucinations that look super lifelike. Which all I can think of is the Tupac thing at like a uh, uh, Coachella. Yeah, they also go into in space where they visit Zion, which I like the no- note here, Space Jamaica, and Freeside, Space Amsterdam meets Space Vegas meets Space Zurich, Switzerland. <laughs> 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 I'm like, thank you, Jason. <laughs> Molly has been wondering about Armitage's secret employer or employer since she started working for him, and she and Case start to dig into his past on the side. They find out his real name is Cordo, and Armitage is a fake persona. Yes. Cordo was horrifically disfigured during a military op called Screaming Fist. He was rebuilt by the US government, which technically no longer exists. And mm-hmm. an AI Wintermule has been manipulating Armitage. Wintermute, not Mule. No, there I like no Wintermule a lot better. Wintermule feels more like what I'm thinking <laughs> right now. Anyway, <clears throat> the AI Wintermute, not Wintermule, Is one of the two AIs that belong to a family called the Tesla Ashpool family. And for some reason in cyberpunk, we always have this weird rich family, but go on. The other AI is called Neuromancer. Mm -hmm, Book title, mm -hmm. take a drink if you want to. Winter commute wants the Armitage team to break into Villa Straylight, which is the compound for the Tessier Ashpool family. The plan Mm -hmm. is to break in cut restrictions placed on the a.i.s so that wintermute can fulfill his programming we don't know what that is at the time and it kind of sounds a little bit like a trap but you know sounds a lot really like a trap so by this time case and molly are in fact banging because because
0: of course they are
1: and case is like hey i kind of i kind of feelings for her, which is really awkward but anyway Uh, Case gets tracked down by Turing agents, Alan Turing reference. Um, But in more modern terms, they're basically the internet police, which I think Alan Turing would be upset about. But anyway, Case has to escape the agents with Winter Mute's help, avoids a crazy Armitage slash Cordo, join Mm -hmm. the Rastafarian Navy, for lack of a better term, and save his girl because Molly has been captured by Rivera. A member of the Mm -hmm. Tesher Ashwell family named Ashwell—that's their name now—named Three Jane and her close bodyguard named Hideo, which I mentally kept calling Hideous. Hideo? Uh, Hideo? I don't know. Is that a Japanese thing that I'm missing? Yes, it is. Okay, I'm
2: like I lived. This was before Hideo Kojima, so that reference cannot be made. However, yes, it can. Don't stop me. Okay, we we, we can make the memes, sure. It's why he appeared in the Cyberpunk game, if you played it.
1: Oh, I didn't play it. I watched somebody play it. Yeah. Which also explains why Keanu Reeves is in it, but that's a whole other thing that we'll get to in a bit.
2: Well, and there's a whole backstory. You still have a paragraph to go, so I'll let you finish, but yeah. He said, I'll
0: let you finish.
2: Okay. (laughs) He said... I I was about to go on to an aside, but we're okay. Go
1: ahead. Okay, breaking it down. Case gets help from a Zionite pilot named Malcolm, maybe, and they rescue Molly and complete their mission, but they get trapped in cyberspace by Neuromancer. Turns out Neuromancer doesn't want to join up with Wintermute. Shocking. Neuromancer is like, okay, look, this is Linda Lee. This is a digital replica for you. He wants to keep Case brain dead in cyberspace, but he escapes by my favorite note that you've put in here OD and dubstep.
0: Which, I mean, yeah. Okay.
1: Flashbacks to Grandma's boy. Um, <clears throat> Case, Molly, Malcolm, and 3Jane access a special construct computer that the Tessier Ashpool group designed to look like a head, like your God Machine, much. As soon as Case punches in, like your pilot, Wintermute and Neuromancer begin to merge to to become a new AI. Cyberspace God. Case gets his body fixed, continues console cowboying. Three Jane does what three Jane does and Molly walks off into the sunset. And then there are two other books.
2: Which is an interesting note because when we get into like the author, he thought Neuromancer was going to be his only full-length novel, which is why he added the last two lines. And you've got it later on, uh, but the the whole reason why he didn't use another name for the family slash company is because he saw Blade Runner and went, oh, weyland Utani's a thing. I can't use that.
1: I thought Weyland-Yutani was alien.
2: It's actually in all of them.
1: Oh, God, I didn't even think about, oh, this explains a lot about Alien then. Yep. I feel like we're just sitting here going, I have some things to throw at you later, audience.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it it literally does feel like the author just like has a box full of stuff and it's just like, hey, would you guys like a reference for later? Uh, So we have uh, some themes and symbols, more themes and symbols than we've had for a while, because Tori's actually had to research this one and can't just say she doesn't like the book or the author. I'm not the one who put that in. Most of these
1: are from, from our esteemed guest here.
0: Yeah, so we have to actually do some theming and symboling as we had set out to do at the beginning of the show years ago, but two, the both of us have gotten too lazy and haven't been doing. <laughs> lazy is so. a puritanical structure!
2: I, I, I did the homework.
0: <laughs> yeah, as you have done all of your life you've done the homework uh yeah
2: but i do i do want to mention this was a foundational book for me uh growing up because lots of reasons i love the setting like the cyberpunk setting more Mm -hmm. so than steampunk and like gibson himself like even though he wouldn't want to say he's a founding father with a lot of his short stories, like they actually made a, a pretty poor film of it. He actually didn't like the film, but like Johnny Mamonic and some of his short stories are actually a lot greater. And in fact, he reuses a lot of characters. That's why you see a lot of these threads. Like Molly is in all th- is in the short story, uh, Johnny Mamonic. She's mm-hmm. also in this story and another one of the uh, sprawl trilogy books. Um, and I don't know. I just really like this story and the trilogy. In fact, it's got some interesting concepts, some interesting ideas that I think foundationally as a society, we're slowly starting to kind of see the formation of that initially was feared, but honestly, I think we've just grown accustomed to it. And so I don't know, but
0: I think I'm still afraid of it. And now that you said that, every question I've had about you and our 20 years of friendship makes sense. Fair. Any question, any question I've ever had in our 20 years of friendship suddenly just like, everything got masked marked to red. It's like, yeah, there it is. I found the answer. Like most people, when people start listening to the characters that I like in fiction, they slowly start taking away boxes. It's like, oh, Tywin Lannister was her favorite part of Game of Thrones? Okay, yeah, that checks off, like, half the boxes. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I watch things now, and I go, Amanda's really going to like that character. And then, like, I don't say anything, and I get this message back, I love so-and-so! And I'm like, it's all yep. coming together.
2: Yeah, no, I've, I've known that for years. It's It's funny to watch... Some, some things like that. And then every now and then, she'll come out of left field with one that surprises you, like, hmm, I didn't see that coming.
0: And the ones that are in left field are very in left field, unfortunately. The ones that are in left field are like, oh, that's a cry
2: for help. Sometimes, or sometimes it's just like, I did not expect that.
0: I surprise people occasionally. So let's start with the big, big, which is cyberpunk as a genre. Now, if you were a basic scrub that played Cyberpunk the video game, I don't want to hear anything from you. (laughs) This is a bigger thing that goes back many more years than the one video game that everyone was excited about because people thought that you could fuck the robots. Listen, Keanu Reeves is breathtaking.
1: I don't know what to tell you.
2: No, you're breathtaking.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So... The short breakdown of cyberpunk, if you want the shortest version of it is high tech, low Mm -hmm. life, which basically breaks down into this amazing high technology, all Mm -hmm. different things that folks can access Mm -hmm. if you have money. If you don't have money, just like the rest of your life, you're basically running around living in the gutter, doing your very best to survive which seems very familiar in the United States, finger guns backing away. It seems
0: very familiar. And it also, I think it's funny that you mentioned, you know, that, oh, that we're embracing it. It's something that I've always been a little bit resistant of, mostly because I do have serious problems with like the ethical implications of a lot of this stuff. I also do have a lot of concerns about the widening, you know, basically poverty gap that you get by, you know, Between Jason and I, we have a let's be polite mutual that very much embraces this world. And this mutual and I have gotten into some fairly like not always nice conversations about this stuff because I have very valid worries about you're widening this gap of access that people really could use. There are people that are in lower economic situations that could vastly benefit from this stuff, but you're using it to do cocaine off a hooker's asses and jerk around in metaverse clubs so i'm not really pro a lot of this stuff as a modern ideology just because it's really used as a page patri- a pa- a patriarchal tool to perpetuate frankly a lot of income gaps a lot of misogyny and i still have massive concerns about robots watching everything that we do
2: which they're already doing, mind you, but it's. I just, know that. I mean, you know, you you mentioned TikTok. It's basically one of the biggest giant robots that's watching you.
0: I, and but, see, and I know that, and it scares me. Um, I've but, had yes.
2: But I mean, that's part of the acceptance of it. It's like mm-hmm. the you know one of the things that the cyberpunk genre kind of promotes is like most people like eighty percent unless you sign up with like it, what. Uh, <clears throat> gibson describes as a corporate zaibatsu which we'll get into corporatism in a minute mm-hmm. but the whole idea of like unless you sign up with some sort of agency or some sort of like thing that is going to protect you and you know you've got but you have you still have to be you know as as you know as, as was described in uh glenn glary glenn ross you've got to always be closing you gotta always be selling you gotta be mm-hmm. going after that money to keep moving up that corporate ladder because you know, you want that, like in the video game, you want that platinum plan health coverage because, you know, if you get ganked going down the middle of the road, a SWAT team's coming to protect your ass, you know, because it automatically responds because you're always plugged into whatever net they're running. And the whole idea of really all of this as it is built up over the years is just how much more isolated Those or how much more stratification can you create in those layers? So, like, the more recent renditions of, like, Cyberpunk have been even more grossly disproportionate because, like, if we're being honest, uh, you know, according to, like, the Mm texts, we should have already had some sort of world war at this point. And right now, we've really only had just, like, shouting matches and some discussions Mm -hmm. of our conflict. Mm -hmm. I seriously thought ukraine was actually going to push us over the edge god bless ukraine i'm glad they're fighting and putting up a good fight but mm-hmm. i'm still waiting to hear that russia gets just a little too antsy and pushes the the nuclear option cuz mm-hmm. then who knows what the fuck's going to happen but we're getting Putin too real world but, right now <laughs> but you know, we're getting too close to the real world right now let's <clears throat> let's dive back into cyberpunk uh yeah
0: i also see how You know, we talked about The Matrix at the top of the uh, show, which is impossible to get away from, because I feel like for many of our listeners reading this book, you're just going to you're going to see the glowing visage of the Wachowskis in the background. (laughs) You know, you have that issue of, you know, for a lot of people, The Matrix really was their first version of a lot of this stuff. And I will say one of the things I liked the most about like The Matrix and a lot about this book as well is the idea of fighting and being on this like fringe of trying to make this more egalitarian, more open, uh, a place where things like gender don't matter, race don't matter. None of those things matter. Um, Jason and I years ago met on a website and I remember how freeing it was to be kind of like detached from my physical body. I wasn't just Black. I wasn't just a woman. I wasn't just me. I really was a construct of ideas and concepts and words that I was saying in the moment rather than what was all the, frankly, baggage that was my meat sack. And that's vastly freeing for a lot of people um, in a myriad of ways. So there's a lot about this that I see that people can appreciate and do like there's it's definitely not lost on me it's not like one of those subcultures that it's like i don't understand you and i wish that you would stop
2: <laughs> well it's interesting this you bring that up because that's one of our like very next themes and topics is this whole idea of like thought versus reality mm-hmm. meat spaces versus cyber cyberspace, mm-hmm. control versus free will like mm-hmm. the whole idea that <clears throat> you know the 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 freest person in the book well there's two of them one is the finn which we didn't talk in short story long but the finn super important character understand what he's doing and what he represents the other one being uh uh dixie flatline who mm-hmm. is basically just you know a construct but yet can do whatever he want because he's purely digital he's just mm-hmm. raw at this point mm-hmm. and he he's like sure. I only exist when you turn me on, but I'm here. Like, am I alive? Am I dead? Like now he does his ultimate like goal slash prize is true death uh, at the end of the book. But like Mm -hmm. the whole idea of like, like you said, you were just a personality construct on that website when we were growing up, as was I, it was that Mm -hmm. space to go and be what we considered our true selves. Mm -hmm. And it was purely conceptual. It was all, you know, at that point, kind of how we wanted to be viewed, but at the same time, you know, was not really who we were. It was just an isolated packet of what we were willing to show other people who shared similar thoughts and feelings. And if you look throughout mm-hmm. the book, there's a lot of other subcultures referenced and then a lot of what we would call like, like in the matrix, you know, in that scene with the woman with the, in the red dress, everybody's in mm-hmm. black, everything's like just passe. There's only mm-hmm. four colors shown besides the red dress. The color that's reflected in Morpheus's glasses, what Neo's wearing. There's one other person that most people forget and miss. The guy that's holding on to the girl with the red dress's arm before it transitions and becomes an agent mm-hmm. He's actually not looking at anything. And that's the representation of the Finn. That was a subtle nod to Neuromancer. Basically, I'm not pretending to be obvious. I'm just pointing out that you should not be paying attention. And he was in an actually off-gray suit, not black like everybody else. It's a weird, subtle nod, but I love that scene. I replay that scene a lot for people. I'm like, you know this scene. You've seen it a thousand times. You're expecting the woman in the red dress. You know she's coming. But look at the other person in the scene. You completely- I
0: feel like the only reason I caught that was because I figured she was a literal red herring. That's the only reason I feel like I caught that was because it's like... Mm. That's a lot of red. But, um, okay, so we're doing great. Uh, control versus free will. Uh, again, as Jason said, we talked about this a little bit. Um, one of the things that a lot of people find very freeing about these cyber and digital worlds is this ability to be a truer version of themselves. We see that now on Twitter, where everyone feels like they have an N-word card and can just be anti-Semitic now.
1: What's interesting about this too is you do see this idea bloom and grow throughout um, new concepts and things like that for for cyberpunk. So we have a Ready Player One, don't watch the movie, it's a waste of time. Yes. Um, but in the the book, and something that struck me when you were talking, Amanda, is you were talking about how, you know, on this this platform, I'm not black, I'm not, you know, mm-hmm. I'm not a woman, I'm just idea construct. That mm-hmm. actually plays very heavily into that book. Mm-hmm. Um, about who you can be when nobody is like watching you. Actually, be the person you are um, mm-hmm. physically. Um, a lot of the things too with thought versus reality. Um, Where I love that my brain just dies right then. Okay, that's fun. See, I need I need like some meat upgrades in my brain. Um, Same, to be honest, we see this kind of stuff too in like Repo the Genetic Opera, which yes, is bizarre as fuck, um, but. The concept of oh well if you have that you know that better plan if you have that ability to you know upgrade your own body or do that kind of thing then mm-hmm. yeah you can live for a very long time you can have better eyes you can have a new liver you can have a new heart Fuck, you can have a new face it might fall off in the middle of a performance but you can have a new face thanks Reba, you
2: Yeah. Well Um, they they experimented with this concept on it was a bad movie, but it it had some interesting thoughts with the island about basically where they grow clones of like famous people, actors, rich people, and like Mm -hmm. whenever that organ fails, guess what? We can just go harvest it and we're sending you on a trip to the island. And all Mm -hmm. they're doing is just being like, Okay, I'm gonna harvest all your genetic material and just so that way I can stay 30 forever, you know, and that's the whole idea, you know, and it's done throughout Cyberpunk about like the upgrades, like how much it costs Molly to become a racer girl and why she became a racer girl. Like Mm -hmm. she started out as basically, you know, weirdly, you know, it's not, it's not lost on y'all, but one of the few economies that always seems to be in, no matter what world you transfer to, the sex economy is always there. And that's where she started from. She was just basically a glorified, robotic sex spot, but she mm-hmm. was a human at one point and just kept getting upgraded and upgraded to the point where she was doing sketchy and more sketchy stuff but she could unplug mm-hmm. for a while and mm-hmm. disconnect and then that cognitive dissonance allowed her to be able to be the best girl when it came to that stuff and then she was like oh but I could use this for other shit yeah know?
0: also see me with my last three boyfriends um there's a <laughs> There's also, it would not be unfortunately required reading if we didn't mention the obvious, obvious metaphor in this that uh, The Matrix now has leaned into, which is there is a huge LGBT thread that you can read in a lot of that stuff. That a lot of people do find their truest selves in these cyberspaces. And that truest self might not be the gender that they were assigned at birth. It might not be the sexual orientation that they thought they were. Uh, Again, we have the looming visage of the Wachowskis in the background where they are no longer what they were assigned at birth and now it is very obvious that there is a ton of trans references that you can pull from in the matrix that there is a ton of this stuff that you can pull from really a lot of cyberpunk because yeah when you can disconnect and really put when you are building yourself moment by moment atom by atom in cyberspace you are not tethered to what you are and Fun fact, oftentimes when you do get to make play as other things, you figure out that that is a place that you are much more comfortable. This is not me speaking from experience at all. This isn't how I found myself when I was in high school. I don't know what I'm talking about. (laughs) There is also a serious danger in that too. And this is something we've seen with people who
1: get either way into Avatar, way too into EverQuest, way too into World of Warcraft, where you don't feel like yourself at all when you're just hanging out in your meat suit. Um, there have been people who have lost their data on EverQuest and just killed themselves because they're like, yeah. well, that was my whole
0: life. What was the point? I will um, say, and I and don't... I'm don't, not and making I, fun of it. Like I well, get that. I don't think but that you are. <laughs> I think to me, I'd almost like satanic panic that, and arguably, I feel like any, you know, quote-unquote subgroup, you can have that in. I mean, we had a whole ass Rod Farrell in Vampire the Masquerade. So like, while I understand like, you know, the VR video game space, it's very easy to make that a lampoon. And I'm not saying that that's what you're doing. I guess like I have a little bit of defensiveness about that because of where I grew up and like being a soft gamer Like that was a huge concern my aunt had. Where it's like, oh my god, you know, you're gonna be one of those guys, you know, you're gonna be one of those Korean guys who dies in their chair, you know, playing RuneScape. We do see
1: a little bit of this with Case. Like, he loses his ability to go into the Matrix, he loses a huge portion of Mm -hmm. his identity, Mm -hmm. and he is spending so much time trying to get that back, trying to pull himself back into that one world that he knows and understands Mm -hmm. to the point where he is, you know, at risk of getting killed by somebody he owes money to, is doing a shit ton of drugs, is hanging out in these bars, is sleeping in a place literally known as Chief Hotel. Like...
2: Well, and, and not just that, but the, the whole idea of that downward spiral is when you take those things in mm-hmm. a way that you are either good at or you're familiar with. And mm-hmm. you can see it even throughout the run. It just becomes a bigger downward spiral for Case because they put in, you know, the, the ex-military man that is Armitage, you know, was basically like, we have to have contingencies. Otherwise, he'll just bolt on us because if mm-hmm. we give him true freedom, he'll just disappear off into the night and there's nothing we can do about it and you know and you see that too with you know molly herself and even uh even riviera which is an interesting allegory too with with the subtle things that went on there gibson was really good in the book about laying down some foundational things without going into details like bond was hit by like bond switzerland was hit by a nuclear blast during one of the wars during one of the conflicts that is the background of cyberpunk. And Armitage is a product of that. You see that with the remake of Judge Dredd. Well, not the remake, but the sequel slash remake of Dread, Judge Dread, with the girl who basically lived. Because that's basically what Bama is. So if you look at Dread, like, Corpo City 1 is basically Bama. But mm-hmm. they can't because of licenses. They can't exactly exactly say Bama or the sprawl but that's basically what it is because it literally goes from Boston to Atlanta they even say that like it's covers the entire eastern seaboard and notice about Florida
0: (laughs) as we wish we could most of the time
2: thanks Florida
0: thanks for your contribution Florida
1: Uh, (laughs) oh thanks for making Texas look sane most days
0: Oh, sidebar. When I was in Japan, there was some German guy who was just vibing, like hardcore vibing. And I know he's German because he said he's German. He's like, I'm from Germany. And he's like, where are you from? Like, I'm from Texas. And he points and he goes, finger guns. He's like, Texas, bang, bang, guns, guns. And it's like, no, I will not sit here and be slandered by a (laughs) fucking German. You don't get to slander me, German. I will, I will accept slander from a lot of people. From Germans, no. Uh, so let's talk about our favorite thing, which is how awful capitalism is. Uh, so it's there like is- we all got real quiet. <laughs> well, because you can see the issue again in the privatization and the conglomeration of this stuff. And we're starting to again see that now where we have tech companies that own too many things and control too many parts of our lives. Hulu, stop increasing the, how much uh, Hulu life costs. Stop doing that.
2: Uh, uh, I, for one, welcome our Google slash Alphabet slash Apple overlords and thank, for, thank, thank them for their service and the applications they provide. Sorry,
0: guys. No, you're not. Um. I you know, I say that I'm against it while also being part of it. I'm a social media manager by day. I have no choice but to be part of this machine, even though on the inside, most of the time I'm screaming about it. Um, I mentioned before uh, Jason and I's Mutual, who uses this technology to mostly do cocaine off of hookers' asses and uh, talk about how much money he makes without paying any of his staff a living wage.
2: Also, also, the the other thing, too, that that we haven't really touched on, and I'm surprised we haven't, given that probably all three of us have, is, you know, Ghost in the Shell. You know, I know we had the, the remake recently, but the whole idea the of, of, like, you can do good things while working within a corporate structure, but the problem is, is you are literally handcuffed into doing certain things, and the minute you step out of line, like, if you watch the original anime film, ghost mm-hmm. in the shell like that does a deep dive into like how sketchy some things can go yes and highly recommend if you're any like if you saw the remake great it's not a bad movie what i would recommend is go back and watch the original mm-hmm. look at the concepts that are talked about in the book because a lot of it is shared space Mm-hmm. Uh, you know talking about how like the reason why japan became a superpower in ghost in the show was because a nuclear war happened and they figured out how to cure nuclear radiation poisoning so mm-hmm. that way no one died it was mm-hmm. called japanese miracle and they literally overnight became a world superpower mm-hmm. like that's interesting to think that literally like all it takes is one good idea and you see that with twitter you see that with TikTok. You see that with all these influencers Mm -hmm. that join up to something like watch cultural movements, watch like where those tech spaces go. Because a lot of the time we talk about it like being a platform. It's not the platform. It's usually what ends up sticking in the, in the group think, which becomes another ghost in the shell thing with solid state. But that's how AI, like if you want to do the AI side, go watch solid state society. Mm -hmm. But the whole concept of like this sort of corporatocracy, meritocracy monopoly is just like someone has a good idea and they instantly become for lack of a better term, internet God overnight.
0: Yeah. I mean, unfortunately we're looking at that with Elon Musk where, you know, he's had a few okay ideas and people keep throwing money at him because he's had a few okay ideas. Um, And now he just wants to own everything with his few okay ideas.
2: Well, and it's and it's interesting you say that because like it's it's funny what culturally has been pulled out. Like I'm, we mentioned weyland Utani and how Alien is connected to Blade Runner is connected to like the Neuromancer space and all this other mm-hmm. things because things have been seeded through time because it it's kind of like what's going on. So like I was reading a story the other night and it was like Mars was being colonized and the capital city of Mars was just called Elon City. Like, you get like you get the aproposness of it, but think about it. Like, if reality holds true, that's probably what's... Like, we're getting into, like, speculative fiction now, which is another topic of conversation. We can jump yeah. down to that one if we want. And Tori's just sitting here nodding silently, like... I'm like... I'm waiting to... It's like you're waiting to jump in on something here. So I'm like... Yeah,
1: please stop us. Oh, we're please. nerds. <laughs> no, I'm just sitting here thinking about... You know these corporate changes that we've seen over the past few years. I mean, mm-hmm. I hate to date myself on this, but I was a MySpace generation, right? I was also so, MySpace. So what, MySpace, and all of a sudden it was Facebook, and then it was Twitter, and then it was Instagram, and then it was mm-hmm. TikTok, and I'm sure there's other things in there. I mean, heck, I had a, like a, the Live Journal at one point in time. I have Journal. So, but we see this movement away into new and different things because of. One, a lot of generational differences. Two, we let things crash and burn. So I don't know if you guys have noticed how many people have moved off the Facebook platform because their racist family members are on it and they no longer want to talk to them.
2: Well, Um, I mean, remember before TikTok, we had Vines and Vines were like suddenly there until a platform basically took Vines and made it better, a.k.a. TikTok.
0: Right, and you mentioned you know that we let it crash and burn. We didn't do shit. The platform did. So when you talk about that, that migration is not us. So like which we get into with corporate, where it is this this balance that
1: they're trying to hold of Mm -hmm. how do we keep our problematic people still spending money, Mm -hmm. but we keep our people who are not as problematic. We see this really heavily in Facebook, where you can't use certain phrases on Facebook. Especially mm-hmm. if you're a person of color, you're a woman, you're mm-hmm. in the LGBT spectrum, because mm-hmm. all of a sudden it's like, oh no, you referred to some one particular group. Meanwhile, there is an entire other group that is just sitting there talking about how they're going to kill all women, and you're just sitting there going, I mm-hmm. can't do shit about it. Yeah, and Facebook and it- won't put it down because it's freedom of speech, but well, I explained the plot of the movie White Zombie and I get banned for a day.
0: And here's the thing with Facebook. Um, I'm a very, very soft Facebook apologist because I used to work for them. A lot of it is also the bigger issue. There is a The Take video. Mark that on your bingo card when Amanda mentions The Take. There's The Take video on tech villains. And a big part of it is it's a lot of these villains are necessarily intentionally villains. They just let something grow too far. And a lot of these sites that we're mentioning that have that problem are that. When I worked at Facebook, uh content moderation was done entirely by individuals because no one could really teach an ai to go through that as sophisticatedly as we need because there's a lot of nuance when it comes to content moderation there's a lot of dog whistles there's a lot of slang there's a ton of nuance it's almost impossible to teach a robot to do that
2: well not just that there's also the whole idea and concept of sarcasm and teaching sarcasm to a A robot is hard yes
0: so for the entire subcontinent of india there were five guys on the content moderation team for all of India, watching all of India were five guys. And there was a lawsuit not too long ago in which content moderators were able to sue Facebook and get a decent amount of money from it because those content moderators had seen atrocities. There were Mm -hmm. murders that were live streamed, rapes that were live streamed. There was abuse of children, animals, Because they had to go through that personally. They had to click and say, I've watched all of this murder on Facebook Live. And I can confirm that this is a murder. And it doesn't need to be on the internet. So it's interesting to think about, you know, how these migrations happen and how isolated people get. You know, you're seeing that right now with Twitter and with Tumblr deciding that, just kidding, we like porn now, is... You've uprooted these people, you know, almost like these internet Bedouins from their homes. And now you want them back when we've already packed up and moved somewhere else. And but, getting- but, yes,
2: But, it, you know, the, the rooting out of that was, you know, decried as, well, we need to get all the, you know, the, the, the ultra negative on that side, which mm-hmm. I don't really want to get into because it's just... Ugh uh yeah. but you know that that's that was the name at which they had this sort of for lack of a better word crusade like you see, yeah and that you know you see that all in digital space but in terms of like what's going on like in the book like we're we're talking a lot about like this sort of dystopian fears like the fear of computers or AI taking control mm-hmm. like who's controlling the narrative who's controlling the path and mm-hmm. like, And Tori, you brought it up, like Ready Player One. The whole idea was that a corporation wanted to control the internet. Like that Mm -hmm. is literally the core conceit Mm -hmm. of Ready Player One. It's like, Mm -hmm. oh, if we win this game or we do this thing, we will have 100% of control and access. And guess what? Screw you guys who are using it for free for educational purposes. Mm -hmm. You have to now pay $9.95 a month. Mm Hmm, Hmm, sounds similar to something else we You used to have, you know, like cable and and television. Oh, right. Yeah. 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 And, you know,
0: I think that's one of the most interesting aspects of this book is how much of it does feel very salient and very, you know, like of this time. Because, yeah, like we can apply that to any number of sites that people have been kind of forced off of. We see that now looming again with VR and Web3 and the upcoming apocalypse that cryptocurrency will cause.
2: Exasperated yeah. by
0: yeah. Amanda swallows 30 words on cryptocurrency at once. <laughs> just, just, uh, I don't have time to talk about cryptocurrency. Okay. Uh, let's talk about, do, 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 do. let's talk about escapism because I feel like we could have some fun there considering that all of us have, um, are opiates necessarily of how we dull how awful society is? Uh, you know, please always keep in mind uh, this is your periodic reminder that if you get your serotonin from the store, to take it.
2: Also, don't forget to hydrate.
0: Yeah, please drink water as well. But um, if your serotonin is store bought, store bought is fine. It does it doesn't do you any good to not take it.
2: <laughs> which reminds me of the I- girl in red song serotonin, which is an excellent song.
0: Yeah. Uh, so let's talk about escapism. Um, we, see, we sure do see a lot of running away from stuff uh, on on the intertubes, don't
2: we? Well, <laughs> so and I always
1: not- come back to that scene from The Matrix where the guy has sold everybody out and he's sitting there eating a steak and he's like, yes. I know this is fake. This yes. is like This is just a string of code, but yes. you know what? It's a good steak. And he's sitting there just like going into that, going, you know what? Fuck it. And I feel like we have that kind of a little bit with TikTok. I, I will say that, where we're like, wow, everything is terrible right now. I'm going to watch some kittens yeah. dance for 15
0: seconds. Yeah, I'm or- going to watch these pigeons. These pigeons are doing fine.
2: Ignorance, as Cypher says, ignorance is bliss. And and you see that a lot even in like some of the more recent video games and some of these other things. I mean, cyberpunk itself talks a little bit about that of like how do you escape what's your escapism what's your mm-hmm. what's your path out of here if all goes to shit and all fails like mm-hmm. where, where are you going for that serotonin hit where are you going so like for mm-hmm. case it was the matrix for a good chunk of the book he's just trying to be in the matrix doing runs like doing what he feels he's good at mm-hmm. and he is he's arguably not bad. Like he is Mm -hmm. actually good at what he does ultimately, because in a weird sort of set of circumstances because of the powers that be in some other outside help, he's, Mm -hmm. he completes his mission. Like he does what he's supposed to do. Um, and it's interesting that we see that too. in a lot of like other, like ready player one, ultimately Mm -hmm. the pro tag is successful beats evil corporation and mm-hmm. saves the internet. We, we saw this with mm-hmm. the other two books I've covered in the past, which is at some point someone saves the universe and we're all happy. Like that is your ultimate dopamine serotonin hit. It's mm-hmm. like, Hey, something good happened to this one person where if we plug them into reality, they would fail 99.9999. It would take a computer infinite nines. Mm -hmm. they would fail because guess what the world just don't work that way when you apply a modicum of reality to it but Mm -hmm. yet hear about all these success stories and we create all these sort of martyr not just martyrs but these false prophets these these ideological pinnacles of what we want to chase after and and choose to go after Mm -hmm. And you know we see that like you know you see that with ultimately the the ultimate escapism and i'm not trying to sound depressed like do not take this as a call to action if you need help go seek it nine i think it's nine nine eight is the is the helpline for um oh the the where you can call in i'm i'm nine eight eight yeah thank you you're welcome but like for some people death is the ultimate escape i hope no one listening is in that space and if you are please seek help like i'm i'm not saying death is your out but for a lot of people it is and i think all three of us at some point have probably gotten pretty close to that very fine edge yeah um, and I, so, I,
1: suicidal ideation is like a drug sometimes you're like well yeah if this
0: goes south i mean i got a bottle of pills i'll be fine like it's right and I also want to loop in as we are all, you know, we mentioned the sites that we're on. How many of these sites that we've been on do almost have death cults that really romanticize suicide, romanticize the death drive? Nearly there were. There's so much of that info stuff that was on Tumblr back when we were young and impressionable. It probably didn't need it. Uh, but yeah, you're right. There's a lot of desire for escapism mostly as a response to how overwhelmingly terrible things are on the outside. Um, I have severe generalized anxiety, the worst kind of anxiety, because that means that I'm afraid of everything. Uh, and I look at where the world is and I already have my own myriad of fears that would keep me in bed 24 seven if I didn't have to participate in the capitalistic society. <laughs> and then you know, there was this funny thing that happened called the pandemic, where all the anxious people suddenly had validation for everything that they were anxious about. We had a horrible rise to fascism that has still continued. Also, this is your reminder to Texans. Please vote. It's Please. Guy Fox Day.
2: Please vote. <laughs> I'm glad you and I both did not leave the, lead this off with quoting Please. V. data, which also is adjacent to cyberpunk.
0: Yay! It is. Um, a lot of Alan Moore is shockingly uh, adjacent to cyberpunk, including some of the misogyny. Mm. Do, do, do. Take a yeah, take sip of water. <laughs> Tori gets to hear this more than anyone else, but sometimes I'll just be like, do you think Alan Moore was a mistake?
1: I still love the fact that like Alan Moore has been having like a witch battle with this guy for decades. He lives in a cave and
0: worships a serpent god. I mean, I don't live in a cave. And he also wrote that... That's a joke for everybody out there. <laughs> he also worships this... Uh, not just he worships that, that snake god, but recently people have been going back over his uh, extra rapey fanfic for Jack the Ripper from Hell.
1: What are the things that Alan Moore... I find very fascinating is anytime somebody comes to him and says we're making an adaptation of your stuff he just don't care write me a check leave me alone I don't want to be part of the process and
0: I have because we you know they are gonna fuck
1: it up and yep. so we just
0: go do what you need to do. So we have escap- we have escapism in many forms. We have drugs. We have the Matrix. We have death. We also have to acknowledge what is and this is metaphysical, Amanda. Uh, what is escapism in our lives? So for me and Tori right now it's TikTok. <laughs> That is the opiate of our masses. It's TikTok. You know, and it's important to look at what are the opiates in your life. And I don't say that to take that away from you. If TikTok is the thing that keeps me from spicy thoughts, (laughs) let me have it.
2: It's the milk to your, it's the milk to your capsaicin.
0: Right. Like if. If literally what is keeping me from making worse decisions is that pigeon looks like he's having a nice time. Maybe everything's gonna be all right. There's a one that I follow, his name is Toast.
2: Oh,
1: but yours are pigeons being cute. Mine are like seagulls stealing things
0: from st- <laughs> Yeah, mine are just pigeons vibing. I mine are just mine, just mine is animal chaos. Yeah.
2: See, and I think that's just because Amanda, like by default, lives in like Tori and I. We know this. We've celebrated this two times on the on the pod before. Yay, Sagittarius. But Woo-hoo! but Catch like
1: lights, not feelings.
2: <laughs> yeah, but 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 like we, we 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 like the chaotic stuff. Amanda's like, I just want stability because I live in a Cancer lifestyle where everything is chaotic by default. Like, and I'm sitting over here like. My first tattoo will probably just be Paimon's Goetica. Like, I just, and we were talking about Hell of a Boss, and I just sent, I sent Amanda the perfect gift the other day. And it's just, it's just Paimon going, I'm good at daddying. And I'm like, this, this speaks on such a level to me. I can't even tell you. And Amanda's just like, yep.
0: My first tattoo will probably be a crab with a knife.
2: Now, see if we were living in the cyberpunk verse, it could be in GIF form, like it could be like animated. Like, wouldn't that? Wouldn't that be awesome? Like that would be awesome. up the internet for a day. The crab with a knife.
1: That'd be fantastic. (laughs) Como with the fire. oh no oh no i'm so glad we can't have gift tattoos right i'm
2: now. also glad we can't have tattoos. the problem tattoos. is we're nearly there there's subdermal leds now that you can get that can flash into hypnotic patterns people are putting that shit in their bodies now like we're, we're probably a year or two away from action because think about the flip the, like the z4 flip like that's just literally like we're two degrees away from that being put into our fucking bodies And that's what freaks me the fuck out, which is why I play video games that actually have that shit already in it so I can desensitize myself to reality going there. And, yeah, Uh, I'm not on TikTok. That's not my serotonin hit. I'm a little too old for that shit. I'm off of social media usually. But video games, books, like I'm still old school print media. I'm the thin to most everybody else. Amanda can confirm or deny that. I can confirm. I'm willing to
0: confirm. Uh, Also, a social media tip uh, from me to Pokemon, actual Pokemon company. The URL chest.pokemon.com, don't use that. There's too many people that want to fuck your monsters. Don't do chest.pokemon.com. There's too many people that want to fuck your monsters. Please don't use that URL. I have never had
1: special feelings about Pokemon.
2: So, so let's, <laughs> let's just go into that very next symbol or theme of about the fears of technology because I think I just no. crashed us into that. Yeah.
0: Uh, so I shockingly do have a lot of fears about technology, but I have fears in the cancerian way of does this robot want to do what it's doing? Um, I got to be a I got to volunteer for the ethics bowl at my alma mater, because of course that's something that I would do. I was going to say with tracks. In my spare time. Um, and one of, the, one of the conversations I got to sit in on was uh, the ethics of sex AI that are resisting. It's basically a rape fantasy. So the AI is programmed to not want to have non-consensual sex. And there was like an hour long discussion on the ethics of that. Of is this actually rape if it's programmed to always be rape? And I, and that bothered me a lot. Well, <laughs> exactly. I'm out of alcohol.
2: Yeah, I think we need more alcohol if we're going to get into that yes. in any sort of level. So I think we're just going to park that in a nice, pretty box. No, we're going to put it in a box. Like I say that
0: because, like, I'm that person that thinks too much about that stuff. I was not meaning to dissect the ethics of AI rape.
2: <laughs> well, <laughs> Dude,
1: uh, I start uh, watching Downton Abbey because there was a rape plot line.
2: <laughs> yes. well, yeah, so, like, I mean, to be fair, like, I think because Tori and I are akin mm-hmm. slash adjacent to it, a twenty-four films explored that space. If you want a really good weird movie about that sort of plotline, throwput line, watch X Machina. It's actually not bad. Like
0: I've seen Ex
2: it Machina. It, it's, it's a little, whew, but it's it actually it, it's yeah. kind of it, it is thought provoking in all the right and wrong ways. It Just. Is. But no, so
0: like for me, like that's where a lot of my fear of tech comes from. Is that very like soft cancerian? Like, does this robot want to do this? Is it okay with this? Also, I know that a lot of AI already has a huge problem with racism and discrimination because of what people are feeding it. Because right now, the people that have options to feed it are typically the worst of the worst and/or billionaires. I'm looking at the same photo.
2: Tracks, but I mean, also to be fair, like I'm waiting for. We, we've we seen it like we, what was it a few weeks ago? I know John Oliver covered it. The, the, and I'm drawing a blank on the name of the website where it will draw pictures. If you just give it a few prompts and then does, the
1: journey, yeah. Pella, there's a lot of them now. There's a bunch yeah. now. Yeah.
2: But, but these but things the
1: journey, can, they ban certain terms. So you don't do bad things. Mm-hmm. Yeah
2: understand but what the the point i'm trying to make is like these sorts of things became social consciousness but how actually how long have they really been around like i think alphabet slash like and this is jason's conspiracy corner so package it how you will but i honestly think like the stuff we don't know that we don't know is actually already there and it's being seated to us it's why nasa a few years ago after the james webb telescope like before it got they hired a whole bunch of theologians and a whole Mm -hmm. bunch like they brought them in for panels of like how do we like when this shit does happen because we think it already will like when when we define that certain things like um you know like We're not alone in the verse. Like, how will the public be receptive to that? Mm -hmm. We like, how close are we to accepting that AI just does exist and it's been running rampant on the internet for a while now, and we just don't realize it. Like, true.
0: No, so I do acknowledge that. Like, a lot of AI has already been a thing. Um, I'm not quite like. Oh my god, I don't. My my favorite. So I used to work in the funeral industry. If you guys are new to the show. Um, And one big thing was I was working with funeral directors who were about as old as my parents would have been. Um, And I had to have them set up Facebook accounts because Facebook no longer lets you just like sit and make 30 accounts from a different computer. I had to have them make Facebook accounts. And the thing that I heard every single time is what about the Russians? What about them? They don't care about your funeral home in Oklahoma. I promise
2: you they don't uh but well, it's, it's yes it, it's it's kind of like and, and i'm kind of going back backtracking a little bit but please the, same, the the same the same fears still exist because like people like not our generation a generation and a half older than us like that sort of lived through like korea and vietnam mm-hmm. that generation that they're right now the main ones in power like thank you white gentrification but you know uh Like, their whole fear was, like, I'm not making this up. You can go look it up. The U.S. government set on, for 10 years, LSD and Tang. And they released them both at the same time. That Mm -hmm. should tell you something and should freak you the fuck out if you're our age. This is true.
0: This is 100% true. Uh, So, I think that Uh, that fear of technology, yes.
1: And look at all the stuff with the Unabomber legitimately going through a bunch of uh, trainings for the CIA, and uh, also things that were
0: literally dedicated to see if you could break a person. Okay, it's been an hour. We don't have time really for okay, No, we can't, we can't go to the conspiracy <laughs> quarter. Uh, but to the point, I think mm-hmm. a lot of people's fear of technology is either rooted in something very, very valid, Or it's simply due to misinformation. Again, AI has been here and it has been doing stuff. But also, I remember what happened to Tay when Microsoft released Tay AI. And within a few days, she was saying Hitler did nothing wrong and the Jews asked for the Holocaust. I'm just saying, I remember what happened to Tay. (laughs) And that didn't go over well. Uh, Okay, so... Those dystopian fears, of computer's in control. Again, we have them. They're valid. Yes, the government is watching you, but it isn't where you think they are.
2: Well, not just the government. It's corporations. It's everybody. Like, It's weird. People track your shit just because they feel like it.
0: As a social media manager can confirm, we are watching you. That ad that you think, huh, that ad is following me. Yes, it is. I've spent a lot of money. To make sure that it, that it will not go away until you buy what I need. And mental
1: health-wise, it's extremely detrimental. Because a lot of things are now geared to keeping you on that app as long yes. as physically possible. So mm-hmm. you can see more advertisements. So you mm-hmm. buy more things. Mm-hmm. There's actually a really amazing documentary called Childhood 2.0. If you want to be terrified of both sex trafficking and of social media,
0: there you go. <laughs> yeah. There's a... Uh... Listen, I don't always like what I do, but I do what I have to do in this capitalistic hell space. Uh, let's see. Speed round. Speculative fiction and new tech. Uh, oof. We do tend we've the given you world. a lot of books to read. Yeah, we've given you a lot of books to read on if you're afraid of this stuff. Also, let's be realistic. Uh, if computers wanted to kill us, they would not have like spindly tentacles and do murder. Like, they wouldn't do, like, what The Matrix does. They would just, like, release a gas. it just be like, Foof.
1: It's bad that I kind of would be like, well, if Hugo Weaving is going to kill me, I mean, I guess I could be here for
2: it. Well, and, and when this book was originally written, it would have been classified as paranoid fiction, not speculative fiction. Even though yes. at the time we were just having the first forays into the internet, even though the internet had existed for another 20 years prior. It just was closely isolated and kept between, like, three universities and a military site. I mean, it's why the movie War Games exists. Like, literally, that's how we used to dial it. Like, if you want a deep dive into what we used to do, because I was that age and generation, go watch War Games with Matthew Broderick. Not Matthew Broderick. (laughs)
0: Not (laughs) Not Matthew Broderick. Okay, let's wrap this up with the actual matrix, the system of tubes. Allegory and artificial intelligence is a deep-seated fear. We talked about what the internet did to Tay. R.I.P. Tay. I can't believe that someone didn't think that that would happen. What still fascinates me is I always think about
1: that robot thing that Canada had, the the Hitch-bot. hitchhiking robot. I and love hitchhiking but all over Canada was fine. They brought it to the U.S. It was dead within, like, a day. Do you know like,
0: specifically where in the U.S. he died? No. Philadelphia. <laughs> he made it to I Philadelphia and was, was murdered so hard. I love Hitchbot. So, you know, we see that technology is this kind of, like, deep to fear for us. You know, there were people that, you know, during the Renaissance were, like, Da Vinci and Da Vinci and Galileo and everyone like you're doing you're doing witchcraft stop talking about you know the earth going around the sun and stop talking about how humans are made of bones and we're just animated piles of soul we've had these fears for a very very long time now let's talk about the matrix more specifically because again if you've only ever watched the movie a lot of this though will seem familiar also probably feel a little not familiar. So uh, the idea of being able to kind of plug into a system is uh, fascinating to me. We have a lot of things that allow us to sort of disassociate from our physical bodies, being it drugs, alcohol, pornography, TikTok. One of
1: the things that sounds fascinating is Gibson, even in the Introduction to one of the more recent versions, put this whole explanation of like, hey, I didn't know cell phones were gonna be a thing, but wow, that's technically you're like carrying your computer with you all the time. Yep. Sorry I missed that one.
2: Well, not just that, but it was the whole idea like the Matrix talks about like you know, it's it's done through like subtle again. I want to say it's subtle, but I think the movie's been out for almost 30 years now and we've dissected it to hell and back, but Simulacrum simulation, Plato's Cave allegory, like, how do you know when you're living in a simulation when like, people are already theorizing that we're, we're still in a matrix, we're just repeating the same bullshit over and over again, and yet we don't realize it, but I think if that was the case, we'd have more fucked up people flying around and people just going, oh, I guess they're a superhero, and we'd have actual superheroes at this point, but you know, um, The other thing with, like, the Matrix that kind of ties into all this, like, Gibson, love him to death, but, like, some of the stuff he covers, like, he does it from, you have to remember, like, this was written in 1982, Mm -hmm. like, and funny enough, 1984 was written in what, like, the 50s, like, some of this stuff is detailed, same thing with Blade Runner, Blade Runner, like, do Android's Dream Electric Sheep, which was the seminal work that Gibson kind of used and pulled from mm-hmm. to, to write this book. Um, Philip K. Dick was like his like mentor. And mm-hmm. in a weird sort of way, like you sort of see that through line of like, this was written like, do Android Dream electric sheep was written in the sixties, you know, during the Vietnam war, anti-war era. Like mm-hmm. what what happens when corporations go too far or governments go too far. And like really pulled on like a lot of those threads that you see in Neuromancer. But Neuromancer mm-hmm. takes it a step further and says, well, the internet's a thing, you know, because mm-hmm. Philip K. Dick didn't have that insight in the 60s. Like mm-hmm. so it's interesting to see, and I've talked about it like throughout the pod of like how thing how these layers get built up. So, like, like you said, Tori, like in one of the intros, he's like, I didn't even know cell phones were going to be possible. Like at the, at the time, the Bell Telephone, the big gray brick that was literally like a foot and a half long and weighed 15 pounds. Oh, like, goodness. Also, don't forget that in the book they quote the Bell Networks, which for me is like, okay, I know I, I actually know this. That's uh, basically Southwestern Bell, which then mm-hmm. got – which then got split into 14 other companies, including MCI and AT&T. AT&T bought MCI, which then became, okay, so basically just conflate Bell Networks with AT&T and we're there.
0: Yeah, and if you throw in Comcast, then you might be able to get ESPN on a bright, uh, sunny day. Um,
1: (laughs) Do you guys remember the MCI commercials where the girl was so mean about AT&T and then they got bought out? And I just remember being like, oh, that's gotta be hard.
2: Well, we're nearly we're nearly recreating Bell Networks once AT and finishes its complete buyout of Verizon.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, so that's all the themes and symbols. Do you want to talk about the book and the author, guys? I do, but I also feel
1: like we don't have enough hashish for this. Anyway. <laughs> Uh, William Ford Gibson was born on March 17th, so St. Patrick's Day in 1948 in Conway, South Carolina. I do want to point out the fact that he is a Pisces, and that cracks me up. He's a Pisces man. It's very emotional. Moving on. Um, I'm sorry, is he still alive? Oh, yeah! yeah. Oh, yeah! I know, I was like, crap, are we going to kill another one? Okay, so he spent his formative years in a small town in the Appalachian Mountains called Wytheville, Virginia, his dad worked as a manager for a large construction company. So before that, they kind of moved around a bit. But his dad choked to death in a restaurant while on a business trip. And his mom was so upset about it, she made someone else tell William that his dad had died.
0: Huh. Anyway, that's strategy.
1: Formative trauma. Um, yeah. In high school, he wasn't good at sports. He wanted to be a science fiction writer. He spent a lot of time hiding out writing and reading beat poetry, which Rude. is fascinating to me. Um, and listening to a lot of records. His mother was chronically depressed and had anxiety and sent him to boarding school in Tucson, Arizona. That's how we talk in Tucson. Anyway. Uh, he did really well on the English part of his SAT, but bombed the math part. I feel the sense of solidarity with that. Mm-hmm. Um, his mom ended up dying when he was 18. He left school without graduating and traveled around to Europe and California to hang out in the counterculture. He technically draft dodged in Canada, but not really because he was never actually drafted. So... He was just kind of there. He liked to tell people that he just went there to bang hippie chicks and smoke a sheesh. Fair. Um, He was homeless for about a hot minute in Toronto and then became the manager of, and I cannot make this up, the first head shop ever in Toronto. Um, He ended up marrying Deborah Jean Thompson from Vancouver in 1972. He went to the University of British Columbia, got his bachelor's degree in English. He started uh, writing in the 1970s, wrote a lot of noir fiction and short stories that explored mm-hmm. obviously the difficult lives despite the work of amazing high-tech around them, which we start to see everything in everything he does. Um, he ended up taking things seriously as an author due to John Shirley, who was like, you should just sell your short stories, just try it out. And it worked. Um, he ended up terming or creating the term cyberspace in a short story called Burning Chrome from 1982. Um, so Neuromancer is part of, as we've discussed, the Sprawl Trilogy. So there are two other books. There's Count Zero and there's Mona Lisa Overdrive. Um, Neuromancer is the very first. Those were all published throughout the 80s. He almost didn't finish Neuromancer, and we were talking about this at the start, because he's about two-thirds of the way writing, and he watches the first 20 minutes of the Blade Runner film and is like, fuck it. Um, mm-hmm. And Instead of just throwing it out, he's like, you know what? I'm going to rewrite some stuff. I'll see what I can do.
2: Speaking of high functioning anxiety, he was literally like, Everybody's going to basically say, I stole this from Blade Runner. Which, funny enough, Blade Runner was a cult classic. It didn't really do as well at the box office, but he was that concerned, which sounds very Pisces of him, but also just sounds like Gibson in general. But I'm glad he rewrote it, and I'm glad he didn't decide to just bend the whole project. He also is like, not just in Burning Chrome, but he was in one of his interviews he was talking about how like a lot of his terminology has been adapted to this day like flatlining like he just was like that comes from drug culture of the 60s kids which is interesting um mm-hmm. like we use that term today to talk about like people honestly flatlining and he was just like mm-hmm. that was such a cool and then same thing with jacking in diving in like a lot of the stuff you hear nowadays it's like yeah i'm going to go hop on the internet like That's thanks to Gibson.
0: Yeah. um, I feel like he doesn't get a lot of credit for a lot of that stuff in the same way that um, Shakespeare probably doesn't get a lot of credit for the words that he created or in the ways that Mm -hmm. queer (laughs) black people don't get credit for half of the vocabulary that we've, that we've contributed. Uh, So totally can uh, respect and give him cred for that.
1: So here's the thing. He didn't just create or help create the cyberpunk genre. So he started writing with Bruce Sterling on an alternative history novel called The Difference Engine, and they sort of accidentally created the steampunk genre. So if you want to yell at people at cons, don't.
2: Yeah. Uh, The Difference Engine is basically also known as the God Machine, which I referenced earlier in the short Mm -hmm. story long. If you want, Gibson is a great dive into subculture genres in Mm -hmm. a lot of the techie spaces. So The only one he's not credited for is diesel punk, and for obvious reasons.
0: Yeah, and, you know, steampunk is definitely the genre that I fit more into, because as we've explored in this episode, I'm a little leery on this whole technology thing. And I also like how much of steampunk was also about breaking gender roles and breaking, like, because a lot of steampunk was about also giving women a space in a society that normally women did not have space, which is something that I really really liked. Um, not to say that cyberpunk didn't do that, uh, but for me, steampunk was the more formative um, subgroup. There is also some great photos of me running around with too many gears attached to my body at various conventions across the state of Texas. Um- <laughs> I can I can picture this.
1: Yes. So Neuromancer is also the only book, at least from that I can tell, to win the Nebula, the Philip K. Dick Award and the Hugo Award um, Mm -hmm. for, and this is his first full-length novel. So like, well done there. Um, And he had previously just put um, short stories in sci-fi magazines. Okay, so this is parts of his stories, as well as this book, were put together to make Johnny Mnemonic we were joking about this earlier with Keanu Reeves in Cyberpunk. Keanu Reeves starred in Johnny mnemonic. Yes, he did. So it only made sense for him to be in Cyberpunk, the video game. Yes. Um,
2: he's also a fan of that culture. It wasn't just like he signed on for the Matrix, not because he was out of work and needing money in the 90s, but he literally is actually a fan of that subculture. It's he he he's A pretty cool dude when you get to, like, actually know him and see some of his stuff, but he's always been, like, connected adjacently to those spaces, which is why I think he played a real great Johnny Silverhand, which is another thing, but we can get into that later.
1: So some things that make me very, very happy about Gibson, he wrote the unproduced first draft of the screenplay for Alien, which is actually Mm -hmm. really pretty good. Um, it which, is. Again,
2: which, which, which again goes into how i said Wayland Utony and Yutani. all this yeah the, it's it's through lines there's a lot of things that get plugged in and reused a lot
1: uh, he did also do some work for the x files which tracks mm-hmm. um and right now as of this recording as i knock on like every bit of wood so we don't have another tony morrison um he is alive and well and he seems like he'd be really fun to smoke weed with i don't smoke weed but i would make an exception for william gibson
0: you know what i would also make an exception for william gibson if you'd ever uh like to travel uh we have some resources for you uh our resources jason <laughs> i feel like we should just get a picture of you like a screenshot and just put it yeah, there like- our resources jason uh he has as always been brilliant uh as a part of this show. Uh, we also have uh, the Encyclopedia Britannica. We have, what is this YouTube source? Oh, Cyberpunk, a documentary. Oh, good. Uh, and Wikipedia, as always, as well as War Games. Uh, and Jason, if you're too yes. you referenced, I wrote them at the bottom, so I'll throw them yes. in. Uh, Jason, if you have any more resources that you'd like to add, please feel free to send them to me and I will make sure that they're on the website. Did we have to read this in school? I did not have to read this in school, but I did take a philosophy class in which we talked about um the matrix and a bunch of high schoolers had a nervous breakdown because they could not prove whether they were real or not. That that tracks in high school. Yes, <laughs> just- we didn't read this. We read uh Philip
1: K. Dick's To Android's Dream of Electric Sheep because my freshman English teacher was not going off of anyone's syllabus and just kind of went, this seems like you guys would enjoy it.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, my English teacher, my sophomore year uh did not require, but it was it was a Pick a book of any, like, like take a subgenre and for and mm-hmm. it. The fact that I chose William Gibson and the Sprawl Trilogy meant I automatically got 100 because she was a cracked-out hippie and did not follow any sort of syllabus. And I knew the assignment better than she did because, like I said, it was when you have a literally woman who goes out to her van during the lunch break and you can see the smoke rolling out from the extra-long chevy astro minivan and you know what that is it's just like god bless woman i'm glad you're my teacher but also i feel terrible for you thank you very much
1: (laughs) my sister's freshman english teacher taught them how to make hash in the dryer i can't make that up and my sophomore english teacher not only wrote terrible erotica that we found his erotica online and read it in class and made fun of him and gave him edits um, but also the very first day he showed up to class, his eyes were bloodshot and he reeked of weed and I was like, oh yeah, this is the California education system, this poor man.
2: Well, I'm see, sorry. the funny thing is is I grew up in Texas, so you know that happening was less likely to happen. I'm say that's that's on par for you, Tori being in California.
0: Yeah, that, that would <laughs> never have happened in Texas. We would that teacher, he would disappear briefly. And then you just never hear of them ever again. Just. I'm surprised that your Astrovan teacher survived.
2: Oh, she survived to become my senior English teacher AP, where I got a four on the AP exam.
0: I got a four too. I was so mad.
2: Oh, I was happy with my four because I was a math and science nerd, not an English nerd. Uh,
0: I got So a I was quite four. happy
2: with my four. I got a, four I got AP a five English. on
1: each bio and I thought it was a champion.
2: I got, I got a five on I got a five on AP Physics and AP Calc, so I was.
0: I don't think I got a five on any of them. I got a four AP English, four AP History, and I got a four AP Psych. In which when it had when I had to explain what a Skinner box was, I just drew a pigeon in a box. <laughs> I was too tired. I was like, "Look, you get it. It's a fucking bird in a box. I don't have it's time. A in a box. <laughs> it's a bird in a box. It's uh, so." We did not choose another book because I was out of the country and I guess Tori was vibing. I was vibing. I guess Tori was vibing and I was in a different country. So we'll update you all soon on what book we choose for what is technically our anniversary month.
2: Yes, and it's also soon to be Sagittarianism time, which means Tori's birthday is next month. Mine's at the end of this month. Happy birthday, Tori, because I won't. See you on a podcast type thing until next year.
1: Yeah. I'm like, happy birthday to you <laughs> yeah, in a until dance, next man. year. <laughs> I
0: don't um, know. I can be bored and be like, we're calling you in. <laughs> yeah. And I, a small crab, get to deal with uh, Tori making off the cuff decisions as she always does.
1: Oh, yeah. You don't even want to know what I'm talking about for my birthday month because I have nothing. Yeah. There is nothing I, going
0: on. I get to be a small crab who has the literals. <laughs> Sagittarius monster who's just like hey you know that thing that's crazy we're gonna do that Uh, so we'll keep you guys posted on the book that we choose Uh, Well, I'm not waving hi I'm just waving
2: hi I'm also a Sagittarius monster yours is usually pretty
0: chill like yours is also like in comparison your crazy decisions are usually like they still have a through line Tori's sometimes are out of left field but I love her for it uh, so we'll keep you guys posted about the book that we choose as I continue to acclimate uh, to being on the ground. I was on eight planes in ten days. Oh my god! No, no. So, yeah, I was on. Too- I've been on too many planes. Been she, on she too been many planes. Too many
2: time zones too.
0: Yeah. So I was like, I'm not jet lagged. Proceeds to fall asleep at five p.m. immediately after coming home from work. <laughs> when I do so- that, it's just depression. I mean, it was also depression.
2: So uh, she had thank to you leave Japan to come back to the United States, and the the election that is Texas.
0: Look, I early voted hours before I flew out, and then I, I also off the other country. I
2: also early voted. Go vote, people!
0: Please, I early voted too because hey, for early I voting. Uh, a glorious bonfire night to everyone. Tori, where can the good people find us?
1: We are all over social media. We're on Unfortunately Required Reading on Facebook, which somebody really cool has been tagging us and stuff for and I laugh and I yes. like, giggle at two in the morning and then I share it. Um unfortunately re- unfortunately are on Twitter, Unfortunately mm-hmm. Required on Instagram, where sometimes you get pictures of my cats, and yes. unfortunately required
0: reading.com. You can also email uh. us if you really want to. You can, and one of us will read it. A sidebar on Twitter. We have not yet made a decision whether we are going to migrate from Twitter. The answer at this time is probably no. If it continues to become an anti-Semitic hellscape, we will be sure to update you all. But at this moment, uh, it's laziness, and we're going to stay where we build an audience. Um, there's a lot of talk about pl- people that are just fleeing Twitter, and I'm, as a social media person, I'm like, to fucking wear. Mastodon? So you can join the 50 other people on Mastodon. Um, I don't even know what Mastodon is.
1: I was just like, wait, wait, wait. Like an actual Mastodon? I yes, an know. actual
0: Mastodon. <laughs> I was like, is the Smithsonian doing their own? This is so not just crazy. an actual, an actual no.
2: fucking Mastodon. No, Tori, it's Russian controlled as opposed to TikTok, which is Chinese controlled. Chinese controlled. Uh.
1: Um, I tried to learn Chinese once. I yeah, did learn he, enough Russian to get in
2: trouble. Because because the only Mastodon still available for scoping out are it's frozen in the Russian tundra right now.
0: Oh my gosh, you're right. The Russians have the <laughs> The Russians
1: <laughs> own the Mastodon. You sounded so upset. You're like, my, it was almost like when you hear those those people in the government, like when they're in the Situation Room. My God, the Russians have the Mastodon. I am upset about the Russians
0: owning the Mastodon. I want to I want
2: to bring this up now because it's so perfect. It feels like we're in we're in uh, the the, the um, Doctor Strangelove. like just. Literally sitting in the war room, yelling at each other, gentlemen, this is the war room.
0: (laughs) Yes. Like, damn it, the Russians have the mastodons. (laughs) Uh, This is where uh, we say, if you would like illustrious perks, like being on this show and also being our friend, but Jason has 20 years on you, uh, you can do so at um, anchor.fm slash unfortunate required reading, where you can support to us monetarily. Uh, It helps the show. Uh, continue to grow and do cool things we also have a merch store over on Redbubble, where you can buy things that tori shockingly likes like when i make a design and tori's just like this is the best thing i've ever seen in my life uh there are many 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 times where i look at myself and i wonder how i've managed to make a show that is this popular and still this much fun and part of it is because I have Tori as an amazing co-host and we have supporters like Jason, who is fantastic. Uh, go, Jason.
2: Go, go go buy your you know, support corporation. Support the monopoly that is, unfortunately. Yeah support, yeah,
0: support the monopoly that is me buying more cheap wine.
2: Uh, um and, and by do, and in doing so, you know, by the uh high functioning anxiety school jacket. I want to see more of those out on the street so that way we can yes. all identify ourselves without identifying yes. ourselves. Yes, just, absolutely.
1: Subtle nod and keep walking yes. because you're afraid um, if you
0: say words they'll come out wrong. Exactly. Uh Jason, thank you as always for your intelligence, for your wit, and of course for your white man dollars. <laughs> <laughs> they taste even sweeter. <laughs>
1: For your notes and being hilarious, and thank you for being yes. on here. But I mean, for well, all of it, like oh, man.
2: for doing we the know. homework assignment, and yeah. because Amanda was, I out of- was football.
0: in another country.
2: And-, and tori for putting up with my shenanigans. That yeah. is this book. Also, yeah. I was like, going to say,
1: up with? <laughs> I'm another Sagittarius, bro.
2: I was going to say, you should you should make Amanda double down on this and just read Android's Dream Electric Sheep next time, but that's just me being vindictive and punishing Sorry, to Amanda. You said
0: you had to read that in school, right? I did. Fuck it. Fine. We'll read the other one. Yes. Then I get to talk about how <laughs> weird Philip K. Dick is. Yeah. Okay. Fine. We'll read that one.
2: Uh, you could you could read that one or Philip K. Dick's favorite book, which I can't think of the name of, but it's just the milk carton book. That's all I can ever remember. It's is
1: it it's through a scanner, Darkly?
2: No, it's the one where okay. it's the spray paint and it's got the coin where the co- the head on the coin changes because it's based on who's in power. And it's just basically a deeper and deeper dive into what you actually remember and know.
0: Yeah, that sounds like a clusterfuck that I'm not ready for.
2: Um, no I, I would uh, stick to androids stick to androids cool. because then so, you can talk about Blade Runner
0: yay uh, Jason <laughs> yeah. as always thank you for your time we're so glad to have you on the show uh, we will see you guys in a couple of weeks when hopefully I am less jet lagged <laughs> and I have clean clothing again
2: bye people thank you bye again. everyone I enjoy this I will see you this time next year maybe if i'm invited back
1: (laughs) probably i'll just randomly go i miss jason and all right jason's asking to be on the pod again